Welcome to the Gut Doctor Podcast, where Dr. Neil Parikh describes GI disorders and answers common questions related to the GI tract. Please note this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We hope you enjoy. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Today on the Gut Doctor Podcast, I will be talking gastroparesis with Dr. Michael Selden. Dr. Selden manages many of CTGI's more complex and refractory gastroparesis patients. Mike, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Neil, for having me. Let's start with what is gastroparesis? So gastroparesis is the delayed emptying of solids from the stomach in the absence of any mechanical obstruction. Okay, so there's no anatomic or physical blockage. Um, who, who is at risk for gastroparesis? So diabetic patients, um, patients that have had prior stomach surgeries where the, the nerves to the stomach could be affected by the surgery, um, recent viral illnesses, a history of eating disorder, either anorexia or bulimia um, from younger age um, can manifest with gastroparesis later on. Neurologic diseases such as Parkinson's disease, uh, diseases that involve the muscle layer of the stomach, for example, amyloidosis or scleroderma, uh, are all conditions that can cause gastroparesis. Um, medications also can, can cause gastroparesis uh, by delaying emptying of the stomach. Um, and sometimes we don't find the cause and we refer to this as idiopathic gastroparesis. Yeah, I've definitely seen idiopathic, you know, a multitude of causes. I wasn't aware of the eating disorders as a cause, um, but that's good to know. What, what are the typical symptoms of gastroparesis? So patients uh, ha- have different symptoms from one patient to, an, to the next, but in general, the common symptoms are nausea, vomiting, uh, feeling of fullness soon after eating, which can result in a lack of appetite and occasionally weight loss. Um, Abdominal discomfort and bloating can be symptoms as well. And often patients with gastroparesis have uh, poor motility of the rest of their GI tract, so they they often have coexisting constipation. So like many GI conditions, obviously the symptoms are not specific to gastroparesis, and that always makes it much more challenging. Um, what, What tools do you use to make a diagnosis of gastroparesis? The most common test used is the gastric emptying study that done in our radiology department. Uh, Patients will consume a low-fat egg white meal that's labeled with a radioactive tracer. And images of the stomach can be obtained at one hour, two hours, and four hours to assess the degree of emptying. Um, If there's still more than 10% of the meal in the stomach at four hours, this is a diagnostic for gastroparesis. So the four-hour emptying is the most important time point. Uh, some medical centers also use Smart Pill, which is a capsule that is ingested. And the passage of the capsule out of the stomach can help determine stomach emptying. So patients who go for this gastric emptying study should be ex- expected to spend a few hours with radiology. I've not used a Smart Pill before, um, but that sounds like an innovative tool. Before we get into pharmacologic and endoscopic treatment options, what are some diet and lifestyle changes that you suggest for your patients with gastroparesis? So their diet should be low in fat and non-digestible fiber, uh, uncooked vegetables and fruit. Um, Patients should try to eat smaller meals, but more frequently during the day 
So they're still getting the same amount of nutrition. And if patients have a significant amount of weight loss, we will recommend nutritional supplements such as Ensure or Boost. Um, in all my patients with gastroparesis, I advise them to be seen by a dietitian and have a dietitian help manage their, uh, their nutrition as, since, it's, since it is critical to, that their nutrition uh, is adequate. Also in, in diabetics, um, in blood sugar control is important. Uh, the higher the blood sugar, typically the stomach will empty slower. All right. So low fat, low fiber, small, frequent meals, dietitians are always, uh, I believe a GI's best friend for almost all our conditions. Now, what if symptoms persist despite these measures? Uh, what medications do you consider first? So if nausea and vomiting are predominant symptoms, um, I recommend using anti-emetic therapies such as ondansetron, also known as, uh, known as Zofran or Compazine. Uh, these anti-emetic therapies are well tolerated with a good side effect profile. Metoclopramide, brand name Reglan, is the only FDA approved medication for gastroparesis uh, specifically. Uh, this medication works as a prokinetic agent, meaning that it can help improve stomach emptying, which can help with symptoms of nausea, vomiting, a feeling of fullness after eating. Um, however, metoclopramide uh, has a black box warning that was put on it by the FDA due to the potential risk of neurologic side effects, particularly tardive dyskinesia, which is a disabling movement disorder uh, that can happen with long-term use of metoclopramide beyond three months. Because of this issue with the neurologic side effects of, uh, from metoclopramide, I often use domperidone. Domperidone is also a prokinetic agent that helps stomach emptying and can help with the same symptoms as metoclopramide. Um, however, domperidone does have a risk of cardiac arrhythmias from QT prolongation on the EKG and has to be administered in the FDA IND safety monitoring protocol. My patients will be seen by a cardiologist who will closely monitor the EKG while they're on the medication. Um, and we sometimes have to modify the dosage or stop the medication if the QT interval becomes prolonged. Finally, erythromycin, which most people uh, know as an antibiotic, um, also works as a prokinetic agent to help stomach emptying, but is limited due to potential GI side effects, even at low doses, and often only works for a short period of time. I see. So clearly providers need to be mindful of these potential adverse effects, especially the tardive dyskinesia and the heart rhythm changes. What are second line medications? Uh, any newer agents or options on the market? So I'll also use Prucalapride, brand name Otegrity, or Tegacerod, brand name Zelnorm. These medications are FDA approved for constipation but many studies have shown that they also improve stomach emptying. And in clinical experience, we see that patients with gastroparesis improve with these medications. So if patients have a combination of both gastroparesis and constipation, these are also good options. That makes sense. You know, we improve the lower bowel flow. Constipation can also help with upper GI motility. What happens when medications fail? Uh, what are endoscopic or surgical therapies that you consider? So if the medications are not effective, um, then we consider uh, endoscopic therapies. Um, 
that that we uh, we perform uh, here at Hartford Hospital, uh, such as um, dilation of the pylorus, um, Botox injection of the pylorus. The pylorus is the exit of the stomach. So if you uh, the concept is if you make the pylorus wider or relax the muscle around the pylorus, the emptying might may improve in some patients. Also, uh, there is a procedure newer procedure called gastric peroral endoscopic myotomy of the pylorus, where muscle fibers around the pylorus are removed to also increase the size of the exit of the stomach. Um, if these techniques are not successful, then we consult the bariatric surgeons to consider laparoscopic uh, implantation of a gastric electrical stimulator um, these devices can help with uh, nausea and vomiting experienced with gastroparesis. Fantastic. Mike, thank you so much for this overview of gastroparesis. Uh, it's a challenging condition for both patients and providers. I appreciate you spending the time today. To our listeners, I continue to appreciate your support. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Gut Doctor podcast. Until next time, this is Neil Parikh signing off. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gut Doctor Podcast. For additional information about today's topic, please visit ConnecticutGI.org. Your feedback is important to us, so please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Gut Doctor, and if you think you may need to see a gastroenterologist, just trust your gut.